I greet all of you in the precious name of our Lord and I welcome all. Looking into the crowd, you have come so large in number and I think all of us, we have one desire to receive more of that what God prepared for us. For this, we are very, very grateful to our Lord. Now, firstly, we want to stand up, sending a prayer to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the grace and faithfulness. We thank you, O Lord, for all what you have done in us, for us. We thank you for your holy word which you have given us and even more that you have given it. You have revealed it, Lord. And now you are putting it upon the lampstand so that it shines like a light in a dark place. We thank you and we ask you abide in our midst. Give grace in everything to hear attentively to receive and to praise you for it praise on and glory be unto you Amen you may be seated now before we read a word from the Holy Scripture I would like I was, I was called on phone by brothers they are greeting us, they are greeting all of you who we are gathered here and they wish us God's richest blessing. There, there are some who are listening now and who are having part in what God wants to tell us and will tell us and they rejoice I repeat they rejoice to have part in that in what we are also having part namely in the word of God the greetings are coming from Moldavia Uzbekistan Ukraine Russia and then there is a special prayer request for a brother from Euskirchen we shall remember him and we shall pray that God stretches forth his hand to him so that he heals him. This we will do as we will pray for him afterward. Now I would like to read us a very well-known psalm, a very well-known psalm. This is Psalm 1. We all know it very well. And yet, it's always important to know and to recognize that God speaks to us through His Word, through the Psalms. They were written down through His Spirit. And they are left to us as the Scripture. And we can read it. And we can thank God for it. Psalm 1 from verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. It's very important for us 
Verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Do we prosper? As verse 2 says it, his delight, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall prosper. And the psalm writer says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What do we want more than to be planted at the tree of life, planted there, so that by the grace of God we prosper to serve Him, to thank Him, and to praise Him. Now, we want to stand up once again, thanking Him, and also the prayer request, laying it before Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your grace and faithfulness. We thank You that You have done for us so much, and that You confirmed Yourself as the same yesterday, today, and forever the same. Lord Jesus, you are in our midst. Lord, you are seeing all our wishes and desires, our longings. Lord, we have one single desire, namely that your word finds a place in us, that it takes hold of our hearts, that we meditate upon it day and night, so that we receive from the fountain of life and everything prosperous for the glory of your name. We ask you also for this prayer request. You know what's all about, Lord Jesus. Touch now this brother there where he is. Bless him from the riches of your grace. And we thank you for it, that you have done it already, our Lord. Thanks be to you for it. Amen. You may be seated. We have given you some sheet of paper. Sheets. Let us sing the song, When We Walk with the Lord. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and faithfulness that we may follow you, trusting you, obeying you, for your words are eternally valid. I thank you with all my heart that your word has become a light for our feet on this path in this dark world. I thank you with all my heart and I ask you, bless us, bless us all from the riches of your grace. For we have come here to receive from you what you prepared for us. I thank you with all my heart for it. Amen. Let us sing, Come from on high, come Spirit of the Lord. Thou art worthy.
Amen. You may be seated. I also would like to welcome all of you in the wonderful name of our Lord. And I wish us God's blessings with all my heart. I have come with great expectation into this weekend. And I am convinced that the Lord God will give each one of us that what he, what she needs right now. To the lost, the salvation, to the sick, the healing, to all of us, revelation by the Holy Spirit, a deeper insight into the plan of salvation of our God. We have a large number, we received a large number of phone calls. Alone from Chile, there were six phone calls from all of South America, from Asia, from Africa, from all over. Brother Graf is greeting us. Brother Wallström is sending greetings. Brother Etienne Genton greets us. Our brother Davi from Palermo is sending greetings. All of us, all of them, they are sending greetings. Special greetings from Brother John from Bucharest. Today, we have a group from Romania in our midst. Could all those who have come from Romania, could they please stand up for a moment? Who has come from Romania? Now look at that. A quite a large number. Also our brother Daniel is here. One of the brothers whom God uses the most. God bless brother Daniel. God bless all of you in our midst. Then I would like to ask who else is, who else is here for the first time? Please let me see it. Who is here today for the first time? Be welcome. Be welcome. Welcome. Our friends from Poland, God bless you in a special way. God bless you from the riches of His grace. God bless there. God bless all over. Then I would like to know how many have come from Slovakia. Please stand up from Slovakia. Now look at that. The one they traveled 1,200 and the other ones they traveled 1,600 kilometers to be here to hear God's word at this place. And this proves us that the promise comes to fulfillment, that God will send a hunger for His Word, a hunger not for bread, a thirst not for water, but to hear the words of God. God bless you, all from the riches of His grace, 
We are gathered here from all over Europe and perhaps from other parts of the world. God bless us here and the Lord God bless all who are now hearing, who are connected, who are having part in it, as Brother Schmidt mentioned it, and this all over the world. Beginning of March, I was in Far East, in Singapore, no, in Thailand, and then especially Burma, and when the brothers told me, we are having part in your meetings, we are hearing, we are watching. For me, this was a blessing to know that God has given this opportunity. What is written in Exodus, in Genesis 11? From now on to the people will nothing seem to be impossible. Everything what people invented, especially in the last 130 years, yes, from the horse wagon up to the moon and, and all the, the science, we want to use it. Then we really, we really, in all languages, in all nations and peoples, we want to greet you with all our hearts and we wish all of you God's richest blessing. For me, April is always a special month and the 2nd of April is always a special day. It was on a Wednesday, 46 years ago, when I heard the voice of the Lord for the first time and when I received the commission to go from city to city to preach the word, to give out the food and, and this week is, is usable to once again look back what, to what happened in these 46 years worldwide. Many things came to my remembrance, especially also in connection with the ministry of Brother, Brother Brenham. I will say it one time and again, I will say it, it was ordained like this by God Himself, that from the very beginning I had part in it, namely what God is doing right now. And this goes back for me to 1949 when I heard the name Brenham for the first time in the city of Hamburg at the Pentecost conference. You all know. Then came the years 55 up to 65 when I had a direct part in his ministry, in the sermons, and then came, of course, also the period of the giving out of the spiritual food. And now we are really looking back to all these years 
in which the precious divine seed of the word was sown all over the world. And it has come up, it has brought forth fruit, not only in Europe, but also all over the world. Then there are the special events concerning the going home of Brother Brenham. Brothers and sisters, it was a Friday, a 24th of December, 1965. I've said it here before, and today I'm saying it before God. Once again, I, I told you, I have seen Brother Brenham on the 24th of December, 1965. I've seen him going up on a cloud, going up to heaven. On a bright shining cloud, he went up. I've seen him. At that time, I didn't know anything of his going home. I also didn't know how it should be placed or what it, what, what it meant. But later on, when I heard that he went home, then I knew, of course, how I should place these things. God, of course, didn't only work in the past. God is today the same. And to be honest, if the supernatural working of God would not be here today, if we would only have the memory to, to the past, what happened some time in the past, be it in the Old or New Testament, then what kind of part would we have then today in that what God is doing right now? The wonderful thing among the people of God was always therein that we received that we received the relation from God what hap what is happening right now to have part in it. I tried in Zurich last Sunday I tried to speak about I tried to set it forth that it could be understood. If we look into the Old Testament, then God had, had a Abraham whom he gave promises. Even the promise after 400 years, I will take your descendants out of bondage. Then he had a Moses who could refer to the promise. He sort of promise fulfilled and God appeared to Moses and the promise to make the promise true. And then God had a Joshua to bring the promise to, to, to the completion. So that not only the calling out would be, but also the going in. Then God had a Elijah, and he had an Elisha. What touches me really the most is 
When I read the New Testament, the beginnings of the New Testament, when I read them, and the fulfillment, seeing the fulfillment of the Old Testament, and then finding out in what kind of wonderful way God was always watching over His Word to fulfill it. Then I have here the 24 prophecies from the Old Testament. I've written it down before me, which were fulfilled in the last 24 hours with our Lord up to the cross and on the cross. Zechariah 11, verse 12, that he was sold for 30 pieces of silver. He was sold. Matthew 26, verse 14. Psalm 55, verse 14, that he would be betrayed by his friend. John 13, verse 18, Matthew 26, 47. Then are coming here the 30 pieces of silver again. Then comes Zechariah 11, verse 13, and Zechariah 13, verse 7. Fulfillment of Matthew 27, Mark 14. Then the false witnesses, as announced in Psalm 109, verse 2, and fulfilled Matthew 26, 59. Everything is listed where it stood, where it stands, where it is written in the Old Testament, and how it was fulfilled in the New Testament. Even that he was beaten and that he was spit at. Isaiah 50, verse 6, Luke 22, Matthew 26, that he would not, that, that he would be silent before his accusers. Isaiah 53, here are all the scriptures about that, what happened to our Lord and Redeemer on his way to the cross and what happened to him on the cross up to the statement Psalm 22 right at the beginning My God, my God why hast thou forsaken me? Matthew 27, verse 46, and the parallel scriptures in the other Gospels. Even that they would give him to drink wine and vinegar, mixed with vinegar. Everything was written. And that no bone would be broken on him. Psalm 34. Yes, that, that he would be pierced. Zechariah 12, verse 10. Psalm 22, verse 15. John 19, verse 34. Everything was written 
Everything is written, even that he would be buried at the rich. Isaiah 53, verse 9, Matthew 27, verse 57 to 60. For me, it's just something wonderful that the whole plan of salvation is, is comprehensible that we see that, that we have the promises in the Holy Scripture and that we have their fulfillment not only concerning the past with God's help we can place them but also in our time we have the we have received the grace from God, namely that what is happening now, to place it biblically. And let us be honest, whoever that doesn't know the Holy Scripture, he cannot place anything biblically. Also not, also not that what is happening in the religious realm right now. Just imagine, also the, the denominations and the churches, they rejoice about that, that, that they rejoice that they are not called anymore as a sect and then as an, as an argument they say because we have the same creed as the Roman Catholic Church has it and the Lutheran Church has it and also the Orthodox Church so they are recognized they are feeling themselves received in the bosom and if one then searches the Holy Scripture, especially Revelation 17 and what goes with it, brothers and sisters, then one really, one, one's heart is touched. And I have to say time and again, the last elected, elected ones has to come out before before the uniting will be proclaimed. It's now really on the agenda now that Martin Luther should be now beatified. And what is going on right now, this is really for us incomprehensible. And yet, it is it is written in Bible prophecy and predicted very clearly the wound will be healed and all the world will marvel about it. And all this is happening before our eyes. Then we have especially Jerusalem in our, before our eyes and that what is happening there. To these things, today, we don't want to go into details. But I say it once again. There are three things which we have to get revealed by God and into which we have to be led in. Firstly, 
the original proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second part is the teaching part that we doctrinally are led into everything, into all of the doctrine of the apostles as it was given to them by the commission of the Lord God. And thirdly, the prophetic part that we are not only reading, we have a more sure word of prophecy, but that we really that we really have it, that we truly get it revealed by the Holy Spirit. Not a single interpretation is necessary, but revelation is always necessary. Without revelation, nothing happens. Then we have, within the divine message, we have the big trouble with brothers, who take statements of Brother Brenham without respecting the Bible and making out of them the various doctrines out of them. I am convinced that Brother Brenham was the promised prophet and I am convinced that he was sent by God to bring us back to the Word, back to the beginning, back to the Lord, and not to bring up a new denominations with new doctrines. My original conviction is that a true prophet brings the true Word of God, and this is in conformity with all the prophets and apostles which God ever sent. Therefore, it is necessary to take everything back to the scripture and, and not to take anything out of context, but to leave it there where it is and to get it revealed by God. Today, we had a conversation with a beloved brother about the 70 weeks of Daniel. I just mentioned briefly. Then, afterward, we will go into the Holy Scripture. Then I, I have here the original drawing from the hand of Brother Brenham, which I brought with me personally from the USA. I copied it. And I will give it to our beloved brother. What do I want to say with it? Perhaps I should be more clear. The church has nothing to do with the 70 weeks of Daniel. Nothing to do at all. The section, the period of the church is between the 69th week and the 70th week of Daniel split up into the first seven and in the second in the 62 and after the 62 the anointed one 
should be killed. And this happened on the cross of Calvary. And then one more week remains. And this one last week, the last seven years, very clear, the first part for the two prophets, according to Revelation chapter 11, where the two prophets will prophesy three and a half years and under their ministry the 144,000 will be called out and will be sealed and then they are, st they are standing in Revelation 14 on, on the Mount Zion with the seal of God upon their forehead and the second part is the great tribulation according to Revelation 13 where the saints the Jews will be persecuted for three and a half years to fulfill the second part of the fifth seal namely to the murdered was said be patient until your fellow brothers and fellow servants will also suffer death as you also suffered death everything is clear everything is biblically and divinely in order there is no need to get nervous around it so we thank God with all our heart. And this I may also say here, not a single time I had an own conviction taken, taking it into the kingdom of God. Never. From the very beginning, from the very first day when I heard Brother Brenham, you all know, at that time, I was carrying my Bible like this under the arm. And I was of the opinion that I know the Bible. But from that day on, I knew that God leads into His Word and that my knowledge means nothing at all. But the respect before the Word of God was given into my heart. And perhaps, just to say it here, in reference to all the brothers, whether they started 10 years later on or whether they started 20 years later, all the brothers, they, sh they shall hear it, that God has a plan and this plan this plan, he didn't purpose yesterday or a day before yesterday, but this plan he purposed before time began. And all of us, we are a part of this divine plan of salvation. And I say this, I say this in this connection. When 1977, when 1977 was made the subject, because there were so certain statements of Brother Brenham, one could have thought that 1977 would everything be at the end. Then Brother Frank had really to say, had to say, listen, 
In the book, The Seven Church Ages, on page 300 and so and so, is written like this and this, yes, but this doesn't come from the lips of Brother Branham, but from the pen of Lee Vale, the writer of this book. Because there is really written that 1977 all the earthly kingdoms and so forth would come to their end, would come to their end, and that the millennium would uh, start. Today, I can still remember it from my friend from Tucson. At the last visit of me, he didn't say goodbye to me at his last visit. He refused, he refused to give, to shake hands with me. <laughs> yes, then I traveled on the highway. I told him on, on the highway, Beloved brother, the year 77 will come and go without that anything happens. And this was too much. This was too much for him. Then he got very serious and he said, Be careful. Be careful. Branham is a prophet. And when a prophet makes a prophecy, then the prediction is as a prophecy. <coughs> Be careful and so forth. <coughs> then he went to Ro Ro Rotterdam to Bro Brother Van der Steel with his three daughters, with all the family, without saying goodbye to me. Yeah. And why could I say it at the time? Very easy, very simple. Because on the Sunday, the 18th of June, 1976, here where this old cherry tree was standing, there the mighty voice of the Lord sounded, My servant, go unto the neighboring plot and consecrate it to me. In the course of these years, I had, I had to go through many things. Many, many misunderstandings have been. And nobody was correcting anything. Everything remained as it was. Brothers and sisters, we cannot allow that something is being taught which is not in conformity with the Bible. And when the Holy Scripture says, time and hour, day and hour, nobody knows, then I don't, then I don't need the argument that the year can be known. This was really the argument that they said, it is written, yes, Day and hour, nobody knows. But it's not written that nobody would know the year. This was too much for me. I had to fight various battles because of this. And I thank God for it. That I'm not depending on any man. That I can preach God's word. And it's the word which doesn't return void. Not the messenger. The message. The message. This is the important thing. 
It's written in Isaiah 55. It's not written there that the messenger will not return void. But it's written the word, the word which has come forth from my mouth, the word, the word will not return void. But it will accomplish for what God has sent it for. God's people has the right worldwide to hear the divine word in all clarity and truth without any interpretation. I give you one more example. 76 times Brother Brenham mentioned there will be light at evening time. But the word from Zechariah 14, verse 7, will be fulfilled in that connection in which it is written. And nevertheless, nevertheless, we know that we, at, eve, at evening time, at the day of salvation, we had the grace to come from darkness into light. And the light didn't uh, blind us. The light illuminated us the way which we have to walk. So, everything on its place. Everything as God has purposed it from eternity. Now, what also touches me is the beginning of the New Testament. I mentioned it already. And it's just so important, very important, the transition from the ministry of John the Baptist then to the ministry of our Lord, then to the church, which was, of course, ordained to continue the ministry and to be the manifestation place of God on the earth. According to the scripture, there where I will lay my name and where I will reveal it, there I will come and I will reveal myself to you and I will bless you. Now, just to show this to you from the Holy Scripture, from Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3, in what kind of way we have here the transition, the transition from the old into the new, and then from the Gospels to the book of Acts. Let us read from Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. From verse 1. Matthew 3, sorry. Excuse me. Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We have to just go further one chapter. Here we have what our Lord said at the first. And then what, what he preached. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
chapter 4, verse 17. And then go to Acts 2. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. Just a harmony, a full conformity, and especially concerning the name of the Lord. When in Joel 3, verse 5, it is written, Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then the same word is written in Acts 2, verse 21. Then the same word is written in Romans 10, verse 13. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The emphasis is on the name. And why is it on the name? Because it is written, Thou shalt call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. And now I direct the word to all who have not yet consecrated their lives to the Lord. A conversion, firstly, it includes that we see ourselves as lost, as being separated from God, without hope, being in this world, and that the Spirit of God comes upon us and that He convicts us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, and that under the preaching of the Word of God, the Spirit of God can be at work to lead us unto repentance, and then to to ask the Lord for forgiveness and then also to experience the forgiveness personally. In the, into this weekend, I've come with this full, with a deep conviction that God wants to give us everything, whatever He promised in His Word, that it might become a divine reality with and in all of us. Also recently, we spoke about why it had to be the blood of the Lamb of God which was shed. Why? Because the life of the soul, the life of the body is in the blood. And from the very beginning, from the very beginning, the sacrifices were given. And because the deception, the beguiling, came out of the animal realm, therefore, therefore the animals in the Old Testament were given as a sin offering. Their blood nobody was allowed to drink. Yeah. But now, in the New Testament, especially in John chapter 6, our Lord says, time and again He says, when you don't eat the flesh, the flesh of the Son of Man, and don't drink His blood, then you don't have eternal life. Why? 
He spoke everything in a picture language, symbolically. He showed it to us so that we, that we receive him fully as he was given to us. And what is the connection? The connection is this, that the blood-bought flock has to receive the divine life which was in the Lamb of God. And this happened at Pentecost, on Calvary, on Calvary. The redemption happened, the forgiveness, grace and salvation. At Pentecost, by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the divine life has come into the redeemed. And this is just very important. Not a new idea, not a new doctrine, but the life which was in the blood. And of him it is written, in him was the life, and the life was the light of the world. And of him it is written, he is the true God and eternal life. Everything is written. My conviction is today that the Lord in these meetings wants to do something extraordinary in our midst. That today and also tomorrow from the Holy Scripture it will be shown to us it can be shown to us what really was given to us by God and that the redemption which was announced in the Old Testament that it became a divine reality as sure as the blood of the Lamb was shed, so sure we are redeemed, and so sure we received eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. But now it has to be manifested. It has to be manifested now. Now I live no longer, but Christ lives in me. And then, no own will anymore. Have thine own way, O Lord. Our Lord said, whoever will do the will of God, he will find out whether this doctrine comes from God. Brothers and sisters, our own I, our own will to give it into death, to die with Christ, to be crucified with Him, and by baptism to be buried with Him, to then rise together with Him to a new life. Now, coming to the supernatural now. To this, I would like to read from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, the verses 31 to 34. John 1, 31 to 34. 
Here we have the testimony of John the Baptist. John 1, verse 31. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. Something wonderful. I knew him not. We never spoke together. You are doing this, and I'm doing this. No, I knew him not. But he who called me, he who sent me, he spoke to me. Let us read on. Verse 32. And John bear record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. Sent. And then he saw how the supernatural happened. And in connection with this, in verse 33, it is being said, And I knew him not, but he who sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he who baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. Once again, the man of God says, I knew him not, but he who sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Servants of God received instructions. They received promises for their ministry. And that was what was said to them. He, they experienced it and they saw it. How was it with Moses? How was it with the prophets? How was it with Brother Branham? The supernatural just belongs to the ministry of a man of God. Men of God heard the voice of the Lord. And when I look into the Old Testament, how often, how often the Lord God was speaking. Brothers and sisters, we believe with all our heart that Brother Brenham received instructions what he should do how he should do it and God used him to bring the message so that we get the insight into the whole counsel of God but the second step is of course therein the greatest prophet yes our Lord at that time he preached the word and the scribes didn't believe it and it, didn't, it was not revealed to them. The preached word has to be connected with faith. 
because only the, the believer has the direct access to God, the connection to God in a supernatural way by the Holy Spirit. And then time and again it comes to fulfillment. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. Let us come back to Romans chapter 1. Here, the man of God, firstly, he introduced himself, and then he, went, he referred to that, what concerned his ministry. Romans chapter 1, from verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to preach the gospel of God. To preach the gospel of God. And then he tells us, how it came to us. The gospel of God to preach it, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. If we would ask today all the scribes together, if we would call, ask them, please tell us, please tell us, Where did the prophets in the Old Testament predict it? Where did they promise? What should be preached by the gospel of Jesus Christ? Brothers and sisters, everything is grounded upon revelation. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. And all the promises are are also scattered in the Word of God in such a way that they also can, that they only can be seen by the Holy Spirit. They can only be found by the Holy Spirit. Then, in Romans, chapter 1, and this makes me happy with all my heart, Romans, chapter 1, here, it's written of the power of God, with 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then it goes one step further. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let us come, let us come back to that, what happened on the cross of Calvary. Also in view to the Lord's Supper. That which we receive by faith. That we once for all receive the assurance of faith by the Spirit of God. According to the scripture, His Spirit bears record to our spirit that we are, that we have become the children of God. 
Just the living faith, as God was in Christ, as sure as the blood of the new covenant was shed, so sure we are reconciled with God. So sure the new covenant is in force. So sure our sins were and are forgiven. Our guilt is covered. And the letter of requirements is torn into pieces. This is a divine reality. The enemy, the enemy of course, he has the task to accuse. He is even called the accuser of the brethren in the Revelation chapter 12. What does he want to accuse? What does Paul write in Romans chapter 8? Who wants to accuse? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? Can you change anything on your life? Can I change anything on my life? It's of course written, Blessed is the man whose sin is forgiven, whose guilt is covered, whose trespass. Blessed is the man in, in, whom, in whose spirit is no guile. People who were born again unto a living hope. And you all know, we all know. In John 3, verse 16, it's still written, For God so much loved the world. Today, not because of us, but because of the world, worldwide, I want to say it. I hope that my judgment is not too hard now. But there are people in all the countries on the earth who speak of the prophet, who speak of the message, who don't know what is a conversion, who don't know what is repentance, who don't know what a new birth is, who didn't have an experience with God at all. They speak of the message and of the messenger. They speak, but they don't speak of that their old man was not yet crucified. They can't give a testimony that the new man is created after God's righteousness and has been risen with Christ to a new life. Brothers and sisters, it must become a divine reality in our lives. And if I only think on Isaiah 53, verse 1, Isaiah 53, that chapter in the Old Testament, where all the way of our Lord is described, up to the cross, where he has given his life for atonement. On this 
chapter, it's, it's written, who has believed our report, who has believed our message. It's just, it's, it's, simple, it's simple to speak of the message, and it's simple, it's easy to speak of what happened. The message of God starts with it, that it becomes the power of God to us. Namely, the message of the cross, the message of the crucified one, and that we were crucified with him, and that our old man has been given into death. Then we have, especially in Romans, chapter 5, we have some special hints and then also in the following chapters which show our Lord and the finished redemption. Romans chapter 5 here we read verse 18 and 19 Romans 5 verse 18 and 19 Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, and here we are at the root of evil, disobedience, unbelief, transgression. It's a, whoever does not believe God makes him a liar. And whoever trespasses his word is disobedient and has to count with the divine judgment. Here it says, once again, verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Yes, we all of us, all of us, by the one only disobedience, we have been separated from God. Without hope in this world. But then, Calvary came for us. And then it says, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Don't worry about your own righteousness. You will not get it. You will not succeed. You just have to know the redemption happened. I could not save myself. I could not help myself. Therefore, the Lord had to come to help us, to save us. Here, in Romans, chapter 6, it says in verse 8, Romans 6, verse 8, Now, 
If we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. This is assurance. If we died with Him, then we shall also live with Him. Verse 23 in Romans 6 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. These are words of comfort. Words which have become true. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How often we have said it worldwide. Whoever wants to live eternally needs eternal life. And brothers and sisters, please understand it the right way now. It's hardly to understand. One hardly can take it. How all of mankind is being deceived. So many programs were never on this earth before. All are having their programs. And the question, the question is now, is God in the thing? Where is God today? Where is He? Where can God speak today? Where is His word being preached? Where is the word laid into the people's heart? Where? Let us read from Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And brothers and sisters, if we sometimes emphasize that it is so important to believe as the scripture says, then, then we are not doing this to hurt people. But just to say, whoever doesn't believe, as the scripture says, is of course not even part of the plan of salvation. It's impossible. In the kingdom of God happens the will of God. In the kingdom of God, the promises of the scripture come to fulfillment. And then comes faith and obedience together. Faith and obedience belong together. Now, in view of our Lord and Savior, it is written in Philippians 2, verse 7, He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. 
He made himself of no reputation. We all know, without going into the subject of the Godhead now, but in all of the Old Testament, since the beginning of the creation, since the Garden of Eden, the Redeemer was the Lord. He spoke to the prophets. And therefore it is written, to you is born today Christ, which is the Lord. But the Lord has put off his glory. In the Old Testament he was not son. As son he is begotten. And here as man he was manifested. As Lord, throughout all of the Old Testament he spoke. And he revealed himself to his people. Because the Lord, the Lord in all of the Old Testament, he was the visible appearance of the invisible God. The subject of the Godhead is of course for all of us On one hand, it's the most important thing. On the other hand, it's the most precious thing. And I can say it here. As Paul, in him we live and are and have our being. If it is about the Godhead, then we are at home. Then we feel good. Then we feel at home. Then we know on whom we believe, in whom we believe. We know, we know, as whom he revealed himself and for what purpose also in the New Testament when is he mediator when is he advocate when he is shown as lamb when as the lion out of the tribe of Judah he is king he is priest and prophet everything in the context which belongs to the plan of salvation But to this, we don't want to go into detail. We have read it here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. In verse 8 it says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Let us be honest. Without being crucified with Christ, you cannot be obedient. It's impossible. The natural man cannot submit under God and His Word. We can make efforts as we want. Only the new man, that what is born of God, connects us with God. And out of this reason, out of this reason, because we as men have gone lost, therefore the Lord of glory had to become a man, had to become a servant, as written here. In Isaiah Isaiah 42 it says, My servant will succeed. The Lord had to become a servant. He had to become obedient. 
Before he can require obedience from you and me, he had to be obedient in this body of flesh. He had to prove his obedience to show us, yes, it is possible. Yes, it is possible. He lived it for us. He showed it to us so that we know that it is possible for us. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5, here the man of God made some wonderful statements. Hebrews chapter 5, and here especially from verse 7. Hebrews 5, from verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. So, it was not a game. It was reality. He suffered death for all of us. To pull out the sting of death. For us, he had to go down into hell. To conquer hell. To conquer death. And to rise on the third day. And here it says, that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Then verse 8, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Where will you learn your obedience? When everything runs as you want it? When all the world speaks nicely to you? Or when you have to go through trials? He learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Verse 9. And thereby being made perfect he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Now, here our obedience comes, comes in. First, he is obedient. Obedient unto the death of the cross. And then comes our obedience. For all who obey him, he became the author of eternal salvation. So, before us is the plan of salvation of God, the finished redemption, so that we come out from disobedience, coming out from our own will, out from our own ways, coming back and receiving the connection to God. As I said before, the blood of the Lamb was of course given as a sacrifice so that we, so that we receive the life which was in the blood. So, we, so that we have it in us. He, the Son of God, and we, the sons and daughters of God. 
He the high priest and king and we a people of priests and kings to our God. And brothers and sisters, let us also read in this connection Hebrews chapter 2 Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 10 For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings through sufferings. And now comes the extraordinary, the most wonderful, the wonderful thing. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one Father. For which cause, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. And then the man of God refers to Psalm 22, verse 23, by saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Let us read verse 13. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, here I am and the children which God has given me. We could read on and on. Let us summarize it. It pleased God in our time to reveal the kernel of the redemption, to put it in the center of the proclamation, not only message, but Jesus Christ, the crucified one, the risen one, the one who rose and descended to heaven, who has given the promise to return and to take us home, whom will he take home? He will take the bride home as bridegroom and of the bride it is written in Revelation 19 and his bride has made herself ready. So, if we speak about the return of the bridegroom then we must speak of the preparation of the bride, of the calling out. And I say it once again with emphasis. The time is not only serious. Sometimes I want to write it in big letters. It is too late. It is too late. And then the thought comes to me, 
Only for the elect. All the others, all the others who are walking in their own ways, all those who don't let themselves be spoken from God, to those whom, to whom God's word doesn't mean anything, yes, they speak about God's word, what they like. I say it very honest. When I read it in the internet, that also also the, all the other de- denominations in Christendom, that they feel well, namely the recognition, the recognition by the world churches to have the recognition of them, because they have the same Nicene Creed. We, as the Church of Jesus Christ, we have the original confession of faith of the Apostles. Not a creed which was invented in 1822. They found a little book as the doctrine of the Apostles by the Bishop Lilie. (laughs) My Lord. But the original word, the message from the beginning, and this is it, what God revealed by the ministry of Brother Bradham, to show us that the church at the end must be there where she was at the beginning, in doctrine and in life, basically in everything. And one shouldn't actually believe it, but the Trinity doctrine was never so emphasized and praised by all the denominations. And in the most various ways it is set forth now, as in our time now. And then comes a man of God with a divine commission and preaches that there is only one God who revealed himself to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and to the people of Israel. And who is mentioned 6,000 times in the word of whom it is written, besides me there is no God. I alone, I am alone God and nobody else. And then the emphasis for our salvation, this one God in heaven, He revealed Himself as our Father on the earth. He revealed Himself in His only begotten Son and in the church by the Holy Spirit to bring to pass his own plan of salvation. What is so impossible on it? This God purposed this way. And this he did. And it's really annoying that they all use the Trinity formula at the beginning. One actually shouldn't believe it, but also three denominations they use the formula in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. They put it at the beginning of the sermon. But it's not even written in the Bible. Not a single time. And the only one time which they misunderstand is of course written in Matthew 28. And there it says, and baptize them into the name 
not the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Before it says, it's written very clearly, and baptize them into the name. And nobody baptizes in the name. But it's written, and baptize them into the name. Into the name. In which God revealed Himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And again we see everything is just grace. Everything is revelation. And about revelation one cannot discuss. About revelation one cannot argue. Either it is being revealed to us or it is not revealed to us. We said it before. Thou shalt call His name Jesus and he shall save his people from their sins. Every prayer, every preaching, everything, what we do in word or deed, this we are all doing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because this is the New Testament covenant name in which God revealed himself to us. In connection with this, let me, let me just emphasize that we are owing God thanks. We owe Him to thanksgiving that He has taken us out from all the various denominations, out from the various countries and churches He called us out and He's still calling out in all the world so that the elected flock can, can be full in number and so that the Lord can return to take us home as He promised it. Now, as the transition to the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper is a memorial meal to the suffering and dying of our Lord, who let himself, his body be beaten, bruised. His body was nailed to the cross. We have sinned in this body. And he, all the sin which we commit in this body, he took this sin upon himself. All the pain which can come to us, all this pain he took upon himself. Do you know why? As written in Isaiah 53, nobody wanted to look at him. There was no appearance. And yet it is written, he was wounded for our transgressions, for our sickness, and the chastisement was laid upon him so that we would have peace. For God so much loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son for all the sons and daughters of God. He has given his own birth Son to redeem us and to give us the adoption as sons. If we celebrate the Lord's Supper, 
Then we, when, then we remember in a special way, really, particularly we remember to what happened for us on the cross of Calvary. You and I, we belonged there. We were separated from God without hope in this world. And He, He the Redeemer, the Lamb of God, took your and my place. And this is valid. God cannot punish you anymore. God cannot accuse you anymore of sin. The letter of requirement is torn into pieces. And if the enemy wants to accuse, this is impossible. Don't even think about it. Don't go into it. The enemy has no right to accuse. Yes, of course, he, he does it. But the letter of requirements is torn. The, to the sin is covered. The sin is forgiven. We are full sons and daughters of God. Un not accusable. Not accusable anymore. By the grace of God. By the shed blood on the cross of Calvary. And this, this makes us happy. Then we have one more thought. Which I have for all those who claim on all the earth to believe the message or to believe the scripture and who, who celebrate the Lord's Supper in a not nice way with 48 gla glasses without having a cup. Today, I brought them with me. I brought with them. That's how it looks like. That's how the Lord's Supper looks like. All over. All over the earth. Also in the churches of the message. And it looks like this because 1959 there was a man, a very well-known man, evangelist from the USA whom Brother Brennan was mentioning from Tulsa, Oklahoma to whom belongs a whole city quarter, a whole uni university, a hospital belongs to him. He was in Frankfurt. And in that meeting, I was there. 1959, I was there. Gerd Wessler, he made this meeting. He arranged this meeting. There were some preachers there and this man stood there on the platform. And such, such a tray, such a device, whatever it means here, he lifted it up and he said, to me God revealed how the Lord's Supper should be celebrated. You, of course, can imagine what went on in me. 
Already at that time, I was acquainted with His Word and with God. All the others, they took, they partake, they partook of it. They were taking the crumbs, the crumbs. No bread, just crumbs. And each one, in one hand, he had to take the crumbs, and into the other hand, write the crumbs, and there the thimble waiting and waiting. All had to wait until the man there gives the command, now, now you can eat. And then all had to wait until the man there in front gave the command, now you can all drink. And you can imagine what went on in me. I was torn into pieces. I just let it bypass me. I had no choice. But the thought, the thought which touches me is how can men, how can men who pray for the sick, who say, I feel the power of God in my right hand. I feel the power of God in my right hand. What did he feel when he said that it was revealed to him by God. For us, this is the revealed word. The revealed will of God. But this was also that time in which God opened my eyes for that what oh, this is a sentence many will come on the scene many will use his name from that time on I recognized the difference more and more clear I recognized the difference between the ministry of brother Brenham and between all the other brothers who also carried out a ministry but who had no direct commission, no direct commission they received from God. And I got more steadfast in the word. I got settled in the word of truth. Why? Because from the beginning it was given to me to agree with God and to let God's word alone be valid. So, if we today have the cup, perhaps one cup for this row and one cup for... But it's always one cup. It's not the many glasses. It's the one cup which goes around. The Lord took the bread. He broke it. <laughs> he broke it. First he blessed it. And then he broke it. And afterward he took the cup. He blessed it. And then he passed it on. And he said, Drink ye all of it. Brothers and sisters, together we have the responsibility to the people of God in this time 
to bring them the clear word of God about the Godhead, about the baptism, about the Lord's Supper, about every Bible subject. Everything has to be done biblically and has to be preached biblically. It doesn't make sense to say it doesn't make sense to say I, ha- I have a I have, yeah. it can only be biblical what is in the Bible or am I wrong of course I cannot say that a thing is biblical if it is not even in the Bible it's impossible so therefore let us thank God we are not puffed up about others it's a privilege that we in this time where all the deception goes on and every time our Lord said (laughs) be not deceived it's such a time of deception as it was never on the earth before with God without God with Bible without Bible only deception all over the world. The church of Jesus Christ is coming out from all error. She is pulled out. She is called out. And she is brought back to God. To us, the gospel of Jesus Christ becomes the power of God. And to us, the word has become the lamp unto our feet. Today I have one request, that we all, in all our prayers, that we say to the Lord, let thy life, let this life, which was in you, which was in your blood, let thy life come into me. Give me thy life, thy divine life. We of course can pray, being led by the Spirit, and the Lord will bless all of us. Now, the words we read many times, they are written in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 10 and in chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16 and 17. The cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Communion of the blood of Christ. The blood-bought flock has communion with the Lord and the Redeemer. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Verse 17, for we, being many, are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. 
The body of the Lord is made of many members, and Christ himself is the head of his body, the head of the church. And then, in chapter 11, from verse 23, 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, from verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Then the admonition, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So, not the one examines the other one, each one examines himself. And if we find something, bring it under the blood. Bring it under the blood. Submit humble yourself on Calvary. As we sung many times, Please believe today with all your heart in the finished redemption on the cross of Calvary. Believe with all your heart in that what our Lord cried out. It is finished. It is finished. Believe with all your heart the blood of the Lamb was shed and our Lord and Redeemer He as the High Priest He entered into the Holy of Holies with His own holy blood to lay it upon the mercy seat unaccusable, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We have received full forgiveness, full salvation, a full gospel. God has given it to us by His grace. And in this faith, in this conviction, 
We want to celebrate the Lord's Supper today together. Not thinking how He will forgive, will He forgive, but He has forgiven. We are reconciled with God. And I say it once again, the letter of requirements is torn to pieces. The blood of the Lamb was shed let us today thank our beloved Lord and Savior for the redemption, for the forgiveness, for the grace and salvation, for the reconciliation, for everything what God has given us in Jesus Christ, our Lord, by His grace. And you will experience it, that God's word, the gospel, becomes the power of God to us. And that today, the Lord's Supper will be as an especially blessing to us. Today we will celebrate the Lord's Supper in full full salvation without any doubt we believe as the scripture says and we may experience it by his grace to him the almighty God be the thanks for his word for the finished redemption for the grace for every revelation of his word and of his will to him be the thanks for this evening all who didn't experience God's grace yet we will pray now for you I will just ask the brothers now to come to the front in the meantime and we stand up now all of us and we sing the chorus just as I am and then we will pray together Let us bow our heads. Let us remain silent before the Lord, having the heart open, looking up to God, looking up to the cross of Calvary. Let me ask whether some are in our midst who need prayer, who wish prayer, who don't have yet the assurance that their sin is forgiven. And you would like to partake of the Lord's Supper. And you are ready to consecrate your life to the Lord, to follow Him in obedience of faith.
Please, nobody looks around. And I'm asking that no pictures are being taken. Please don't take pictures here. Who would like to raise the hand? Do we have some? God bless. God bless. There's somebody's raising both hands. God bless. All over the hands are going up. The Lord God bless you. Let us pray. Precious Lord, you are still speaking today. Come ye all unto me, who labor and are heavy laden. I will quicken you. I will forgive you. I will give you rest for your souls. Dear Lord, we believe. We believe what is written. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Precious Lord Jesus, we are calling upon the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord Jesus, forgive us. Be merciful to us. Save. Save. And forgive. And bless. Bless all of us, Lord, who, who we partake today at this place in the Lord's Supper. Unite us on the inside with you and with one another. And may all receive the forgiveness let each one forgive each one every husband their wife each one amongst us that everybody forgives everyone and that by this we come into your presence and so that you can bless us together precious Lord I believe it we believe it all and we thank you for it in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
Beloved Lord, we love you with the love which you had for us. You loved us first so that we can love you in return. And you are saying, if you love me, then keep my commandments, my word, and faith, hope, and love. These three, and the love is the greatest, and the love remains. God, you are love. You are love. And you revealed yourself to us in Jesus Christ. Your love has been manifested. We thank you with all our heart for it. Blessed and praised be thou, Lord, our God. You, the God of the Old and the New Testament, you, the God from eternity to eternity, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, God of Israel, you are our God, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name which you revealed unto us. Your kingdom come and happen in our midst for the glory of your name. Thy will be done. Blessed and praised be thou. Precious Lord, I thank you for this evening. You made the day and the evening. Blessed and praised be thou, O Lord, now and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.